Hello, it is March 7th, 1946. We are in Hollywood, California at the world-famous Grauman's Chinese Theater. And uh, it's the 18th Annual Academy Awards. Can you believe it? I can't. I can't, I can't either. Man, how do we get this far? It turned 18. You got, the Oscars are an adult now. They can't. <laughs> they can vote. At, well, they can't vote in 1946. They but sure if it can. was the early 70s when they started letting 18-year-olds vote, then you could vote. There we go. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> It's time to honor the best movie of 1945. The Envelope, please. And the winner is... The Lost Weekend. What? Yes. Where did it go? <laughs> Somewhere down 3rd Avenue in New York City. Oh, man. I don't like uh, Love this. Okay, here we are, 1945. This is the first year after the war. The war is over. Yep. Only a few months before this ceremony. Love that. And what's yeah. so great is, like, I, I was reading about the ceremony, and they're like, the biggest thing was, like, all the fur coats were back, the jewelry came back, people just, like, uh, went crazy because during the wartime, they weren't wearing fancy dresses. Uh, they were really doing, like, a minimalist style just to, you know, save money and save efforts. Yeah. And, um... But not this year. And, you know, some people even wore their fur coat in bed. They sure did. Uh, I this is this is one of my favorite Oscar stories with Joan Crawford, uh, winning Best Actress for Mildred Pierce. Is he, you just want to start with Best Actress. Let's, let's do go it. ahead. Let's and... get into Best Actress. All right. Mildred Pierce was also a Best Picture nominee. Joan Crawford. Here we go. Totally deserves an Oscar. Totally deserves an Oscar or, for this movie. Sure. This um, is her crowning achievement. This is her. It is. I would argue. On some levels, that her more naturalistic performances in the early '30s for me are her her maybe her best work because they're very raw. But yeah. this is Mildred Pierce is where the Joan Crawford persona oh, yeah. comes into fruition. Oh yeah, I feel like it's a very it's very close to who she probably is in certain senses where you know it's a, a movie determination. Star. Yes, yeah, a determination to get ahead, mm-hmm. um, to kind of do whatever she needs to do. You know what I mean? That very, like, fight-or-flight, I guess, mentality that I think Joan Crawford really had really comes into this movie. Mildred Pierce is uh, based on a book, Mm. um, but the book is very different than this movie is. Because the book... The the movie has a murder. The book does not. Um, The miniseries with Kate Winslet is more faithful to the book. To the book. Uh, Also a great miniseries. Yes. Uh, but this is about Joan Crawford, who plays a uh, a woman who's uh, just a waitress, yep. um, and who's excuse me, whose husband excuse me, whose husband leaves her. She gets a job as a waitress to support her two daughters, yes. and uh, this really embarrasses her older daughter Vita. Vita. Vita, who is evil. <laughs> I mean. And also, like, Anne Blythe in this role mm-hmm. is, she gets a supporting nom, and, like, I'm so on board with her supporting so nomination. She's so good. One of the best slaps of all time happens on the staircase in this movie. Um, <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, and and Joan deep. says that when she's saying, I could have cut off my hand, or whatever the... Uh, it's uh, wonderful. And yeah. then Vita's embarrassed of her, and then uh, the younger daughter dies, and she starts opening restaurants, and... Anyway, all this other stuff. Yeah, all this other stuff. It's, um, it's a great movie with a great set of performances. I love this movie, and I love that this is the movie that Joe Crawford wins an Oscar for. It just makes so much sense. 
But when she orchestrated her reinvention, we should say that. Because she left MGM, like, it was a mutual decision, quote unquote. But she left MGM and then she got a contract at Warner Brothers, but then, like, stayed on contract for two years and didn't make a movie. Because she, um, outside of making a cameo as herself in a movie called Hollywood Canteen. Right, right, right. Um, But she waited until she got. This part. Right part, and then she had to audition for this. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, yeah, I, because of course they offered it to Betty before they, and Betty was like, yeah, yeah. I wonder if Betty was like upset after. You know she was. <laughs> she wants all the good parts, and this is kind of like yeah, we're you know that uh, the quote unquote feud between uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis kind of picks back up here. You know there was also some drama back in the thirties. Uh, but when Joan Crawford came to Warner Brothers, that was a big thing. Big deal. Yeah, apparently, um, Joan tried to, like, become friends with Betty. Like, she sent flowers over to her dressing room and, and was like, you know, and like, uh, doing do things. And Betty was like, what the, what is I, she doing? I don't want this. I don't want, but that's the thing. Like, I feel like Joan Crawford really just wanted everyone's love and admiration. Yes. And Betty Davis doesn't do that. She doesn't play that game. But this... This move on her part, playing this part... It's wonderful. I mean, it's such... It's a perfect role for her. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful in it. Yeah. And she looks great. She she's looks like great. 40 and she looks amazing. She looks amazing. And um, this does... Tr- this is truly the the comeback Oscar. Maybe the first Absolutely. Yeah, this, comeback that's a good Oscar. Point. That's a really good point. We see that a lot now too when people have taken a you know a break from the screen mm-hmm. and they they come back in this amazing performance. Boom, Oscar. Yeah, this is this is an interesting one, and yes. the movie that she. This is also a great film noir. Yes, um, it may be my favorite movie of the year. We'll talk about this in a second. Love that. But um, this also has okay. We should we should also touch upon the, the, this story with Joan Crawford winning the Oscar. It is one of my favorite Oscar oh, yes, stories. That's how we started with this. Yes, yes, she she looked at the nominees and she said to herself, "Oh man, there's no way I'm going to win this Oscar." You know what I mean? Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, a lot of big power players were nominated that year. Mm-hmm. So she said she had the flu and she stayed home. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she did win, of course, reporters and uh, people came to her house. And this is what I love. Uh, and she made them wait. She made them wait until she was all done up in her bed with the Oscar, with the president Which of her fan club. Ma- Michael Curtiz, the and director of the movie, came and brought her the yes, Oscar. Yes, and Michael Curtiz was there. Yes. Uh, and then she allowed the press to come up the staircase into her boudoir and interview a sick Joan Crawford. And, and you can find these pictures. Yes, and that's yes. what I'm saying. She is actually a and genius. And she's wearing a white fur. Yes. She is yes. actually a genius. She knew what these pictures would look like on the cover of magazines and newspapers. Yes. And she knew that they would, this would be the big story. And it was. And, and it's it, iconic. And it's more iconic yes. than her being there in person too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so Joan Crawford and like this is exactly how she would, should, how she would win an Oscar. And it's yeah. perfect. Although I think the most iconic Joan Crawford Oscar moment may come in 1962, <laughs> yeah, sure. and we'll get there. Absolutely, that is an equally, equally great moment. Um, Michael Curtiz, speaking of him, like 
Casablanca? Yeah. Mildred Pierce? Yeah. Forty's was great. I mean, like... Great to him. I mean, he just was on a roll. And he's a... Yeah, he's a wonderful director. And he, like, barely spoke English, if I remember correctly. Totally. Yeah. yeah. A lot of his, like... People didn't really understand what he was saying on set a lot. No. Because it was all these, like, German... Or he had such a heavy yeah, accent right? that... German. Yeah, I... Oh, now I'm second guessing. Well, we oh, are gosh. horrible people not I'm doing terrible. our research. I think he was German. Hungarian. Oh, close. Hungarian. Is that close? I don't know. Oh, but Austria, Hungary. Oh, yes, gotcha. That is yeah. close. You're not far We're off. We're close. Um, but he was he was uh, he was Great Jewish, Jewish, which means that he is one of the many um, many Jewish immigrants who helped to build this industry. And so, there you go. And he made like Angels with Dirty Faces and and Yankee Doodle Dandy. A Andy lot of and classic. Oh yeah, Yankee Doodle is great. Christmas. Too. We talked about that last week. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know my feelings about that movie. Adventures uh, of Robin Hood, Captain Blood. But Lots I will say, of... Mildred Pierce's um, uh, a mission in the Best Picture race is very uh, warranted. I love I love the movie. It's a great movie. It is. Uh, um, we got some other nominees here. We do. Uh, Anchors Away. I haven't seen. I haven't seen, and I don't care to see it. I, <laughs> I don't find Gene Kelly a good actor. I'm sorry, I don't like him. I don't think he's a very good actor. I think he's a wonderful dancer, but I don't think he's a good actor. Do you <laughs> like singing in the rain? I <laughs> remember this is a very unpopular opinion. It's not one of my favorite movies. I think it's okay. I love Debbie Reynolds in it, but the dream ballet in the end, I just it loses you. Can't do it. No, I hate I... it. Same reason why I don't like an American in Paris. The, the dream ballet the, loses yes, you. It is. I just don't like it. I prefer to watch dance on the stage. I, I don't think it translates very well into film. I don't care for it. Well, I... Um, <laughs> Unpopular opinion. I know. It's fine. I don't, I don't completely... I don't agree with you. That's but, okay. Um, you don't have to. I really love Gene Kelly. But I also... I need to see Anchors Away because I don't have an opinion about it since I haven't seen it but Fair. I have seen many Gene Kelly movies mm-hmm. I including On the Town and and uh, uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game and, and uh, It's Always Fair Weather and lots of things but um, mm-hmm. uh, and I am a fan um, but we'll just move on because this feels like it's gotta I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to have too much tension here <laughs> oh, <that's so> funny. <laughs> I respect his art I respect what he does it's just not my it's not your cup of tea it's not what I care for okay yeah. I'm really looking forward to 1951. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be good. <laughs> no, actually, there's another movie that should have won in 1951. Absolutely, but we'll is. get we there. We both know what that is. That's yeah. okay. we'll get there. Stella. Um, <laughs> Work. Yeah, it's about right. It's about right. The Bells of St. Mary. We talked about this. The sequel to Going My Way. Uh, it's you've fine. seen it. It's fine. It's fine. Apparently, Ingrid Bergman does a dance number. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like we talked, like Leave Her to Heaven would be a much better. In, sure. From what you've told me, in that slot or. I agree. Uh, or National Velvet, which is nominated for Best Director. There you go. And one Best Supporting Actress for Anne Revere. It's interesting. Because <laughs> Anne Revere, the spices from... I just made a turkey burger, so everyone knows. It does smell wonderful. It does. And uh, I put some uh, cayenne on there. And cayenne, cayenne, because I like it with a little bit of kick. Definitely. And it's like good for your... Sciences. Yeah. Um, but I'm like... Like I almost, uh, I I almost just sneeze just then because every time I <laughs> oh my gosh I got I you smell the cayenne it makes me um <laughs> anyway uh but uh so if I sneeze that's why um and I'll just do it in your direction I love great. it please do um but <laughs> that's what he's into in case you guys are knowing <laughs> sneeze all over me. <laughs> um 
Oh, gee. What were we talking? Oh, Anne Revere. Oh, this movie right. takes place in England, National Velvet. Mm. Um, Anne Revere does not attempt an accent. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> but she wins Best Supporting Actress. She knows her limits. There are people who have accents in this movie. She is just not among them. Angela Lansbury plays one of her children. Oh, what a She's wait. British. See, so I, she... I have not seen this movie. Um, um, Elizabeth Taylor uh, right. uh, plays a kid. This is like her breakout. Yes. Her breakout performance. She had been in couple of their movies uh including playing a pretty heavy supporting role in lassie come home right um which uh lassie is a very important part of my life in case you didn't know my dad wrote lassie's official auto uh, auto autobiography is what they called it in the 90s and it was like his breakout book that that made it to where he could write lots of books and then we had uh, line lassie dogs as pets, including one they still have. Uh, oh my god! So, and then we had Shelby before that. That's so sweet. I love I know, that. I know. That's amazing. So I know a lot about Lassie, but Lassie's not nominated for it's anything not. right here. Um, so not a lot of opportunity to talk about that. But, but that was wonderful. like her breakout. That was like her breakout thing. There you go. And then uh, so National Velvet, another animal movie yes um she plays a uh, young girl who um uh has a horse and uh mickey rooney is a former jockey right. and he's gonna ride the horse for her mm. uh but then he has like some ptsd stuff from something oh, and uh i think i'm describing this correctly <laughs> and then uh and then she ends up pretending to be a boy and Riding in the race, right, 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 yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. Yes, um, yes, you, yes, you have to be a boy. Yes, that's a big thing. But um, and Pie is the name of the horse. That's funny. Um, but it's Elizabeth Taylor is just uh, delightful. Literally she's the most beautiful, beautiful child. God, she's been beautiful all. since she could crawl. It's ridiculous. No, and she uh, this kicks off her her time as like a child star. But she within five years she's her, transitioning to her career is incredible and we'll yeah. definitely get more into elizabeth taylor oh my I, gosh. so I many nominations so many she is one of the greatest actresses of all time i um, adore her a friend of mine was texting me earlier because they were watching suddenly last summer oh my gosh i love that movie that movie is wild bananas i if you want to watch a bat shit crazy uh, movie just turn suddenly last summer on it if you is wild if you don't think monologues can be can can lead you on a wild ride. It sure will. I have a suddenly last summer for oh. you. <laughs> Great movie. Can't wait to talk about that one. Yes. Um, okay, uh, and then we have uh, Spellbound. Spellbound. Okay, I have not seen this movie. I really want oh, to. Oh, really? Though. You haven't? Um, I really want to. Spellbound uh, is not. It's not one of my favorite Hitchcock's. That's what I've heard. That's why I think I've, I've kind of like put it on lower on my list of movies to watch. It's the second one. Uh, he did uh, three with Selznick. Yeah. Hitchcock did that. Selznick produced it. Rebecca, was, uh, Spellbound, Spellbound, and uh, the Paradigm case, Paradigm case, which is right. not a very well known mm-hmm. um, movie. And then he like set up Notorious and then sold it to RKO right before they went to production. Gotcha. So um, those are the ones that Selznick was involved right. in, and because uh, Selznick was the one who brought Hitchcock to the states, had him under contract during the forties, um, and so most of the movies that Hitchcock makes. In the 40s, he's under contract to Selznick, and he loans him to, like, uh, Universal to do Shadow of a Doubt. Right. You know. Um, and uh, Saboteur, those things. And um, Spellbound is uh, 
is uh, it's a good movie. It has Ingrid Bergman. It has Gregory Peck. Mm, it right. it de- deals a lot with psychology. Yes. And it has a really famous Salvador Dali uh, dream sequence. Dream sequence, right. Yes. And um, the music, too. We'll get into this a little bit later on. When oh, and the music's about... really pretty. Yes, the music. It's Nicholas Rosa. Yes, and it's one of the first yeah. movies to feature the... the What's that instrument That called? instrument, yeah, yeah, the I know what you're talking The the tamalin, the tambourine. It's not a tambourine. Oh my gosh, do you see the number of nominees? Have you looked at how many nominees at this point it's there ridiculous. are for best scoring of a movie? It's ridiculous, <laughs> I know. I'm really glad. I See, I really am happy that the Academy narrowed things down to just five nominees per category. It just makes so much it more sense. It's like... cleaner, uh, and it makes it a bigger deal when you get nominated. Um, um, yeah, so Spellbound, Spellbound's good. Yeah. Um, it's okay. not one of my favorite Hitchcock movies, um, and there's others that didn't get nominated for Best Picture that, or Best Director that are certainly better than Spellbound. Um, but you know, those That's movies fair. didn't exist yet. Didn't exist? Except for Shadow of a Doubt. Shadow of a Doubt should have been nominated for things and it wasn't. Definitely. I um, agree with you there. Uh, but, uh, But our Best Picture winner was... The Lost, the Lost Weekend. Weekend. Why don't you tell us what that's about? I would love to. So this would be another, uh, Billy Wilder, Charles Braggett collaboration, um, and it's about uh, a man played by Ray Milland who is having writer's block and he's also uh, an alcoholic. He's a recovering alcoholic uh, who is supposed to spend a weekend in the country to write, clear his head, um, but instead he goes on a weekend-long bender, um, he, uh, falls in his alcoholism, he steals money to buy alcohol, he ends up in a hospital ward in the drunk tank, uh, essentially. Uh, and almost commits suicide, but is saved by, uh, his girlfriend, the, the, the long-doting girlfriend, the ever, uh, the, the, the solid presence in his life. Uh, he doesn't kill himself. And his girlfriend's played by Jane Wyman. Jane Wyman, yes. Who, um, is going to win an Oscar in a couple years, sure. uh, for an absolutely wonderful performance, um, in Johnny Belinda. Yeah. But, um... And she's good in this movie, just kind of... Underutilized. I mean, she's it's the not girl. a very kind of a thankless role. She's you know the role. I, mean? I yeah. mean, like exactly. You know. it's, it's definitely not it's about her. It's interesting that she gets billing above the title. Isn't that great? I was thinking. I was thinking like her role really is. I mean, like nowhere near as big as his. Right. But, and what's uh, funny is I read uh, Jack Warner, who had Jane Lemon under contract, loaned her out uh, for this movie, and he said, "Go for it. She can act in that drunk film." He called it the drunk film. <laughs> Jack Warner, what a piece of work. Well, um, probably did a lot for. Because there wasn't much going on with her career at this point, so no, it probably did a lot. Absolutely, for her this gave her a lot of prestige publicity. Yeah, definitely, and it's a great movie. I love this movie. Um, uh, it's one of the first movies to really tackle and deal with alcoholism yeah. in a serious way, which really hit home with a lot of the returning soldiers from the war who were, you know, using alcohol to kind of appease their PTSD, uh, and this kind of really before, resonated with them. Decades before anyone knew what PTSD was. Exactly. This was what, exactly. Um, uh, so it really became a very we, important film. Something that's funny. We're going to uh, be dealing with PTSD next week. Yes, we will. Um, <laughs> what's interesting is uh, the scoring for this film is done by the same person. What's his name? You said it so well. Michael Schorza? That's it. Yes. Who else did Spellbound? And they're, they both feature that instrument, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very like kind of techno-sounding instrument. Um, and for the scenes in the movie... Where you're watching uh, him in this level of drunkenness that is madness. madness. Yeah. Uh, this instrument really drives home and underscores 
what it must be like. Absolutely. It really sets this creepy, almost ethereal tone. It's almost uh, like a horror movie. Exactly. And that's really what Billy Wilder was trying to do, showing you how alcoholism is this horrible thing. It is a horror film, you know, kind of disguised yeah. as a film noir movie, which they're very close genres. I mean, um, like, honestly, like, I am very thankfully not an alcoholic, but um, I yeah. really relate to writer's block. Totally. <laughs> Totally. Some of this was like a, I don't know, it felt like a warning. Like, <laughs> this is what could happen to me if Be I, careful. if I, if I'm not careful with Definitely. substances. Um, what I, a couple of things about this movie too that I think are just brilliant and why I love Billy Wilder so much. Um, for a lot of the shots they did on location in New York, mm -hmm. um, Billy Wilder had hidden cameras around and would um, film... Ray Milland walking down streets in New York City, but all of the um, background actors didn't know they were in a movie. It was just literally just pedestrians walking the streets, crossing streets on the sidewalks and stuff, who didn't know they were even being captured on film. Which I don't know if you could get away with that you today. You certainly no. cannot. You <laughs> certainly cannot, which I think is like, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing that could only happen in the 1940s. Well, it's interesting that this... Um... I, I feel like, uh, you know, you look at why something wins. The Lost Weekend's a really great movie. Um, and I think Mildred Pierce, out of this nom out of these nominees, is the only one that is a rival for Best Picture. Definitely. Um, and it wasn't nominated for Best Director, so it, it clearly was the one. I mean, Lost, I mean, you know, if you're not nominated for Best Director. It's very hard to win Best Picture without that support. But, um, where was I going with this? Um, it was a really smart place. Mm. Um, you were gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, Ray Hudson! Did... Oh yeah, yeah." Oh, um, can't wait. But the year before this, yes. Dublin Dimity didn't win Best Director. Didn't win. Went zero for six. Best, yeah, it was zero for six. Yeah, um, was very clearly the best movie nominated. And this year, Billy Wilder makes another great movie, and mm -hmm. they don't skip over him this time. Exactly. It really is kind of like a, a makeup prize yeah. before an equally great movie. Yeah, and you know? Billy Wilder is about to go on a run. A uh, run? Uh, uh, makes some of the greatest movies ever made. I mean, like, his whole career is interesting. But, definitely. And we'll, um, we'll it's definitely not the last time that. we're talking about him. No, definitely not. Um, There's so many... I mean, yeah, he only gets better, and that's what I love about his movies. And a lot um, of people would argue that he... That 1950 is a year he should have. Mm -hmm. But I'm not in that camp you because see, I really I like know, what won. I know. <laughs> that's, that's also a struggle. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But, There's he does, so many. but this is not his last Oscar. No, but I will say this is such a... When you look at his body of work, The Lost Weekend kind of stands out as a little bit different. You know, it, it doesn't really have that is. biting satire as like... Sunset Boulevard does, or even... And it's not, like, really a film noir the way that... Yeah, it really you know. is a horror movie about alcoholism. It, it's disguised very well. Um, and the central performance, Ray Milland, is fantastic. He is and he won he wins very best deserving. Very deserving. Very deserving. And what's great about oh, that, this too, is... interesting. We're going on a run right now. Ooh. Because uh, last year's Best Picture also won Best, direct, uh, best Actor. Oh. This year's does. Next year's. Next year's does. Yes. 47 does not. It said 48 does. 48 does. Yeah. 49 does. 49 does. Wow. D uh, does not. 50 does not. And and the years before this, I don't think it applies. So No, no, it does not. But there's this little starting with... 
I love that. Yeah. And that's great. It's such a deserving uh, award for Ray Milan, who had worked so, for years in like so good. romantic comedies. This was a very um, different part for him to take. And people warned him. I was reading. People warned him uh, that it would ruin his career. It's one of those things, which you hear a lot of um, these days, too, about an actor taking a role where it's like, oh, you probably shouldn't take that. It's going to ruin your career. And he gives him an Oscar. You know, it was the right kind of turnaround. You for have him. to take that risk sometimes. You absolutely you know? do. And, and be unlikable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the funny thing is, like, this movie ends, and it ends, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if the same patterns is going to, like... Exactly. And that's the you know? thing. It's like, it might end okay now, but we don't know what's going to happen to him tomorrow or next weekend. Oh, he's he's turning it around. Today, today. he is. Exactly. But and that's tomorrow. I think what, but I also think that's part of the message, too, is recovering from, you know, any kind of disease, whether it's alcoholism or, addiction. or something. Addiction yeah. in general, it is one day at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to allow those positive influences And this is before any of those... This is... This is before really alcoholism. This is like, this is a groundbreaking movie because this is Definitely. one of the first movies to really deal with it. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is like, you know, we, Prohibition wasn't that long ago. <laughs> We're talking 1945 here. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the alcohol companies did not want this movie to be released. They yeah. thought it would terrify people from buying alcohol. And there's a story, I don't know if it's true, uh, but apparently a bunch of like alcohol companies enlisted uh, this big mob boss uh, I can't think of his name right now, but a big mob boss at that time uh, to offer Paramount like $5 million not to release the movie. <laughs> and Billy Wilder's went on record saying that, well, if they'd come straight to him, he would have taken the money. <laughs> like, of course he would. <laughs> oh, Billy. Hilarious. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. Um, um, I just love that. I love that like a movie can have that big of an impact. And if you're scaring people with really your movie, great. you're probably doing something right. And this yeah. movie does a lot of things right. It does. It's a great. It's a great mm-hmm. film. You know, we are actually going to be dealing in a much more subtle way with alcoholism, alcoholism. next week. Too. Definitely, we will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a more direct way with PTSD. You know, and what I mean? in a more direct. I, exactly. I, I am so excited about talking about next week. Me movie. too. Um, uh, it's important to know that this is uh, the first year uh, that uh, a person would win for both best director and best screenplay. Uh, Interesting. Which is oh, fitting because that it belongs to Billy Wilder. Because uh, <laughs> there there weren't as many combos at this point in time. Correct. Yeah. Yes. There weren't a lot of Quentin Tarantino's going mm-hmm. around. Um, yeah. So now uh, and this yeah this movie really does um, sweep a lot of awards: picture, director, actor, screenplay. Uh, it really showed up to the Oscars. And Billy Wilder is one of my favorites. Oh, he is absolutely one of my favorites. It's it's really a toss up between him and William Wilder. As very two, similar names. Very similar names. <laughs> uh, very different pictures, very different though. Pictures, yeah. <laughs> I love them both for what they contributed to. You know, this Billy kind of Wilder has day. more of a, um, in I large part because he writes his own movies. I'm mm-hmm. sure he has a more uh, distinct style. Yes. Than William Wilder does. Absolutely. Um, and they both tackle them. a lot of genres, though. Yeah. Very true. You know, which is what's so interesting. And very they true. both excel at everything they try to do absolutely yeah Yeah. both just very good directors Um, yeah uh yeah i'm excited to talk about them a lot more so i i love that this is his i was so cool about this too is now that when you look at his uh billy wilder's other movies that won best picture or were nominated for best picture in years from now they're so different from this movie and you can see his growth 
Um, even the ones that weren't like Some Like It Hot. You exactly. Know, like, but even that movie too, where you look at Some Like It Hot, you're like, this is so different from The Lost Weekend. Yeah. But still, like, you can see his touch in it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when you when we talk about directors like Ernst Lubitsch, who literally has the Lubitsch touch. You know, you yeah. really see their fingerprints on their movies. Genre aside, it doesn't matter. It's, no. It's, yeah. it's a specific Hitchcock. style. Hitchcock as Hitchcock well. Hitchcock is known for a certain type of movie, but I will say, like, while suspense is his thing... The Birds is a very different movie from Rear Window. Absolutely. You know, which is very different from Psycho. Which, which is, is, you yeah. know, very different from Rebecca. You know, they're all very different, but they're, yeah, they all fit under a Hitchcock, um, I don't know, mold, they, I guess. They all feel mm-hmm. like Hitchcock. And that's, yeah, that's what I love about Billy Wilder is he is very himself, especially when he writes the movies too. I think it's so great because... You know, it's, it's debatable. Is he a better director? Is he a better writer? I have no idea. I think he has to be they doing meld. both. Yes, they I really think he has so to well. have that control in writing and directing to really create these wonderful movies. And, um, I mean, we're so much better. Uh, oh, have you? I have to tell you. Do you know what's written on Billy Wilder's gravestone? Please tell me. I'm a writer, but then nobody's perfect. Which is, the last, which is the last line from uh, Some Like It Hot, the and last line of the yes, movie. No, it's, but even, like, even that, like you're seeing his style where it's like, it is a little morbid, uh, but funny. You know, he yeah. gets you, he's a little cheeky, and I love that. You know, it's interesting. We'll talk about this more in 1950. 1950, he uh, does not win Best Picture or Best mm-hmm. uh, Director or Best Writer um, for... Sunset Boulevard, one of mm-hmm. the most iconic movies of all time, but he Definitely. loses to another writer slash director. Yes, very true. You know? That is very interesting. Uh, Joseph yeah. Manowitz. So true. Who, who won the year before? You know, a double whammy for him, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no. So we'll we'll definitely get into more Billy Wilder later on. But I think this is a great uh, representation and of he, his movie catalog. And he was this great writer who was not from America. That's another thing that's amazing. Like, English was not his first language. Totally. You know, he's Aust- he's think, Austrian. Yes, but I think that is why his movies resonate so much, because he came from a different place, moved to L.A., and really saw L.A. for what it is without kind of being... Um, yeah, no. I don't know, uh, what's the word? Although this one does take place in New York, but yes. It does, yes, yes. Yeah, but... But, like, when he does have, like, his L.A. set films, they're so, uh, different from, like, somebody who, you know, was born and lived in L.A. for a long time. He just has such a different view of the United States and the people involved. Yeah. Uh, that it's fascinating to watch. Yeah, and also, like, I mean, like, I'm looking at the movies he wrote. He also wrote, like, Ninochka. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he just, it's just... I mean, Ball of Fire is a yes. really great movie he wrote. Hold Back the Dawn. He has a... It's just so... It, it, he mastered this language that was not his first language yeah. and became so witty in that language. Yes. And that's what's so... Wonderful. That's what's so amazing He's to me. great. He's great. I love him to death. Yeah, and we have uh, a lot of him <laughs> coming up. We have a up. lot of him coming up. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, uh, so what are we getting into next week? Uh, next week we are getting into one of my favorite movies of mm. all time, yes. um, which interestingly lost, uh, which interestingly won against another one of my favorite movies of all time. Work. Um, both of them are in my top ten. I love that. Uh, the movie that won, the movie that didn't win, is is, is a Wonderful Life. Yes. Um, 
which is one of the all-time classics. Wonderful movie. Un- undebatably. But a movie that I don't think is talked about enough uh, that is on the AFI Top 100. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, it stayed in the same place from 2007 and 1998. Like, it's like 30-whatever. 30-something? Yeah, 37, I think. Um, best Years of Our Lives. Uh, so good. It is a long movie, but uh, if you guys are hesitant... You're like looking at that two hour and 40 minute runtime, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can, just trust me. The best actor, I'm not going to say anything about best actress, but we get to have a really great best actress discussion next we week. We sure are. So, which is, yeah, which is <laughs> our favorite category. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. Uh, so, join yeah, so us so go next home, week. Watch Lost Weekend, and we'll see you next If you week. haven't, and then watch Best Years of Our Lives so you're ready for next exactly. week. I mean, like, watch all of them. That's what we're doing. <laughs>